All right, we're going to be in 1 John this morning. Don't lose your paper. We're going to close with Immortal Invisible. So uh, no paper airplanes during the service, all right? 1 John 4 today. I want to ask you a question as you're turning there. It's going to sound like a strange question, but what would you expect from a strange pastor, right? Have you ever worshipped a demon? Now, now, hang in there. You ever followed the leading of a demon? Somebody said that too robustly. Hold on. Is it possible that you might unknowingly be worshiping a demon today or following a demon today? Somebody say, where are you coming up with this crazy talk? Rich is caffeinated and activated, baby. He is not. Well, let me show you. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God doesn't listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It's also asking you a question. Have you ever accidentally worshipped a demon? I'm assuming you're not pulling that right out of the text right away, but, but if you walk with me for a little bit, I'll show you what I mean. John is equipping us as saints to walk in joy in Christ. Said another way, he's reminding us we're children of God and calling us to live as children so we might have the joy of fellowship with God as we live as his children before him. Really, quite simple. The conditions that allow it are walk in the light. When sin, confess and repent. Love one another. Don't love the world. Beware of Antichrist. We've been looking at these things over the previous weeks. Amen? Well, today we come to the test the spirits. Anybody ever run a test on the spirits? Lady once told me a story of how she and her husband were at a healing service. Y'all, I'm torn. I want to be close to y'all, but then I lose some eyeballs, and then I go up here, and I feel like I'm so far from y'all. It's, well, we'll work this way. She and her husband were at a healing service. College athlete had an injured toe. And they prayed for this person's toe for 45 minutes. And after 45 minutes, the toe was almost completely healed, to which they shared, praise God. And I'm sitting there listening to the story. If you know me well enough, you know I'm just struggling at this point. So I ask a very mature question. How do you know that was God? The person says, well, we we tested the spirits. What the heck does that mean? It's like a little pool test. Pastor, come here and spit on this. That's spiritual. No, that's purple. You ever watch uh, those TV shows at the airports where they look for drugs? What's the name of the show, Cam? 
Act like you don't know. What's it called? To Catch a Smuggler. You ever watched Catch a Smuggler? Check it out. If it turns purple, it is cocaine. We will arrest you. Watch us here. Is that like a spiritual test for testing the spirits? Well, what I want to show you here is what's going on. It's, it's important. It's essential if we're to have the joy God intends for us in Christ. It's imperative if we're to live as children of God, and it's usually messed up pretty badly. I mean, you tell me a toe healing service is that of God. Let, let, let's say that R- Renee, where, where's Renee? Oh, Renee's back. I, Renee was not behaving. So she got one week in the back row. I can't, I'm too far. Renee and I are like five miles away. I'll walk the middle. If, if, Renee, if I call Renee up and I pray for Renee and all of a sudden Renee just starts doing, doing what do they call that? What, what's, the, what's the, the gritty? Is that what it's called? Tyler, what's it called? Y'all know the dance the athletes are doing nowadays. They score a touchdown. I'm not going to do it. But, let, but let, let's say that let's say that Renee came up. The, the icky, remember the icky shuffle? Would, would that be a work of God if, if Renee came up and we healed her legs? Or, or might you have a demonic influence going in the front of the church? How do you know? Well, that's what we're after in our text today, which starts with a commandment. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Be a little skeptical. Be a little leery. Dokimazo. If you say Greek with an Italian accent, it's so much better. Dokimazo. Luigi, dokimazo. <laughs> now I can't even say it in the Greek way. It means observe, check out, look over carefully, or inspect. Be a little leery and skeptical, guys. Dokimazo it. Test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Error and false teaching is all over the place. We live in a world of two kingdoms, right? The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the evil one. Now listen closely. Here's where the demon part comes in. God gives us truth. The devil delights in distorting, denying, or causing people to doubt the truth of God. Everything you're getting is either the truth of God or a distortion of the truth of God. It's either Holy Spirit or demonic. Now hang on there for a minute. Because demons don't, don't work in ways you probably think. Sometimes Matthew 7, 15, false prophets show up in sheep's clothing. You ever wonder what that means? If a weird guy walks in wearing a sheep costume, are y'all going to be like, what is he teaching? Let's check this out. Baba black sheep, have you any Bibles? Like, what does that look like to wear sheep's clothing? Biblically, a little tidbit for you, it means wool garments. It's what prophets wore. So it means people showing up dressed like a prophet, but not actually God's prophets. Now ruin the whole image for you. Acts 20, 29, fierce wolves will come in among you. Paul warns the, I believe it's the Ephesians in Acts 20. Uh, 1 Timothy 4, interesting little passage. Flip over there if you don't mind. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. I'll race you there. And I'm going to lose because this Bible is sticky. Oh, my word. 
First Timothy chapter four and verse one, right off the bat. It's a concealed text in my Bible. Now the Spirit expressly says in latter times some will depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of what? Demons. Through the insincerity of liars whose consciences are seared. All false teaching is demonic. And so when I ask the question, have you ever worshipped a demon or followed a demon unintentionally, here's the reality, guys. We do it all the time, and here's the warning of John. Remember 1 Corinthians 10? There, there's no, when you worship an idol, you know the idol has no power because there's no such thing as a false god, right? It's 1 Timothy, 1, Timothy, 1 Corinthians 10. But there's demonic influence behind things. We all struggle with this primal religion or tribal religion. You ever feel like if you do something right, things will go favorably for you? I, I, you watch professional sports. Watch baseball this afternoon. Give yourself five minutes. Watch how many athletes come up to bat, and they, they have these rituals where they adjust their gloves, they tap their bat, they kick the dirt. They sw- it's tribal religion. It's, it, but what happens is, say you hit a home run. I'll do it again. The spit's working. Careful now, because the spit doesn't work, but there are other forces at play in the world, and what John's encouraging us to here is slow down, think, realize you live in the midst of a spiritual battle, a battle for truth, a battle for your minds, a battle to distinguish between truth and error. So test what it is. James 3.15 talks about the wisdom of, from above, as opposed to earthly, unspiritual, or demonic wisdom. If something is not of God, it's demonic, and we need to be aware, alert, and suspicious, because too easily we fall into this trap. So the command off the bat is, be aware, dokimazo, be suspicious, test the spirits. So let's do it, let's test it. You guys want to run a couple tests here? No? We'll just move right to the conclusion in the, the potluck? We're going to have a good time in potluck. You want to get to it? So the toe healing service, is it of God or is it not of God? Who's got the test kit? I will. Let me jump ahead. Who does the testing? Is it just me? There's a good way to mess y'all selves up. The pastor knows. Ask the pastor. He knows everything. I'm trying to implement that in the house. It's not working. I mean, if Laura would just go along with I know best, head of the house, I got super knowledge from God implanted in my head, and Laura in her head is going, you got super something in your head, but it's not knowledge. But she won't even say that, and I can read her mind. And anyway, I can't pull it off at home. I'm certainly not going to try to do it in the church, because look at the text. Who's supposed to do the test? First word. Chapter 4, verse 1, what does it say? Beloved. It doesn't say beloved pastor. It says beloved. Look a little further down in verse 4. What does it say? Little children. Who's the command to? All of us. So we all got to pull this off. Now I say the, the, the toe service is not of God. That's demonic through and through. Now I'll tell you why I say that. Because I put it through a lens of scripture. We're going to get to this in a moment. You ever see Jesus pray for 45 minutes and almost pull it off? 
Dang, we got a little leprosy left on your forearm. I am so sorry, but I got to get to another meeting. If you come back tomorrow night, we can fix it then. I got a dead, there's like a Monty Python healing. I got a dead body and it's not totally dead, but it's mostly dead. And bring it back tomorrow night and we'll finish it off. Well, Lord, what is he doing t- tomorrow morning? He's mostly dead. Well, what do you mean mostly? I mean, he's not dead. He's just mostly dead. You ever see Jesus do one of these? He started making the food and it came out malformed. It's like, what is this? That's where fish sticks came from. <laughs> whenever, whenever Jesus performed a miracle, it was an instantaneous, total, complete, especially when it came to healing. Get up and walk. Peter's mom, riddled with fever, hop up, starts cooking. Jairus' daughter, you got, you got the, the widow's son in the coffin, pump, right? Lazarus, in three days, come out. We'll work this. No, it's come on out. A toe healing of God. Can God heal a toe? Sure, God can heal a toe. Does it take 45 minutes? Then take 45 minutes. If it's of God, it goes like that. And if you're praying 45 minutes over a toe, remember when Jesus healed toes? You know, uh, Matthew 37, verse 2, when the people with the toe fungus came to the Lord. His, his miracles were uniquely creative or recreative in nature. That toe healing is not of God. I put it through the filter of scripture. That's not what a healing looks like. And there was a person who had the gift of healing, and that's another issue we got if I'm interpreting through, through scripture. And wow, they also collected a whole ton of cash because the more you gave showed the more faith you had, the more faith you had, the more of a healing you could get. And that's demonic through and through. Let's try another one. We'll get really, uh, really subtle. Is it wrong to judge others? Is that the wisdom of God or demonic? A demonic teaching. Don't judge one another. I prayed and felt such peace about it, so I know it's the will of God, the teaching of the Lord or the teaching of demons. I'm praying God would show me his will, so I will sit here and wait for it. You go to the Christian bookstore, turn on Christian TV, listen to a Christian podcast. Is it biblical or demonic? You get a solicitation for some money for a Christian ministry. Are you sending that to the kingdom of God or the kingdom of the evil one? Dokimazo, fellas. Dokimazo. How do you know? You just sort of hope. You ever think about that? You ever write a check to a demon? When you give an offering to the church, are you sure you're giving an offering to the kingdom of God? I mean, this stuff could be going right into the kingdom of the evil one. How do you know? Well, trust me, I'll tell you. Give more and we'll get rid of your toe fungus. You better know. We're equipped to know. God, God calls us to know for the joy set before us. Now, I hope that offering box is not a kingdom of the evil one offering box. In fact, I'm quite confident it's not. But we need to be collectively and corporately confident so that we can discern these things at the bookstore, on the television, with the podcast, when you pray, as you care for others, if you're invited to a healing service. If you read a book, is the book demonic or biblical? Test the spirits. Well, how do you test the spirits? Pastor, would you get to the punchline already? 
Not yet, not yet. Well, the test is right here in verse 2. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. All right, so like, if I asked Joel Osteen, does he confess that Jesus Christ has come from God in the flesh, what would he say? Uh Uh-huh, so he's of God. Benny Hinn, would he confess that? Sure. The devil himself would confess that, wouldn't he? I mean, think about that. Would the devil deny, if you asked him, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is from God? He wouldn't deny it. He would distort it. He would confuse it. But you know what's missing here? What does the word confess mean? Say out loud. Do you, do you, what do they say? You go to court, you put your hand on the Bible. Do you swear, confess to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God? You, you know, confess. You want another Italian pronounced Greek word? I can't do this one at a time. Homo logeo is what the word confesses. Homo logeo. And it means literally profess in a manner accessible to or, to or observable by the public. Profess in a manner accessible to or observable by the public. Does your life demonstrate a profession of belief that Jesus Christ is from God? Now, why does it say Jesus Christ, not Jesus? Why, why does it say come and not born from? Why does it say in the flesh? You have the eternality of God, the, the humanity, the divinity, the, the, the sovereignty. You, you have a declaration of the biblical reality of who Jesus is. The test is, keep going, look at verse 6. Whoever knows God listens to us. It conforms to apostolic or biblical teaching. There's your test. How do you know if an offering box is from God? Well, does God call for us to give an offering to him? How does God call us to give an offering to him? In his word, not by tradition, not by opinion, not by pragmatic things. Biblically, the error we have is pragmatism and feeling. You, you, you don't, don't test the spirits by results. We do this so often. This must be from God. It's so big and so good and so awesome. This church has 10,000 people in it and lots and lots of little kids. And this is a work of God. But, but, but is it? Missionary sends you a letter. We've seen 17 people come to faith every day for the past six months, built 42 churches, have baptized so many people, the river ran dry. God is clearly at work. We've seen limbs restored and sight given and Bibles fall from the sky. Must be from God, right? You ever get this letter? We've been faithfully trying to proclaim the gospel and build relationships for 14 years. Not a soul has turned to the Lord yet, but we continue on in faithfulness to where the Lord has called us. Which one's from God? Is either one from God or both from God? How do you know? My friends, there's only one way to know. Push it through the filter of the apostolic teaching. Test the spirits. Y'all tracking with me here? How do we do this? How do we pull this off? 
You hear a lot of talk in the news about pronouns. You, you got, please don't answer this question. We could do it in Sunday school. Y'all got your pronouns. I don't understand how this works, by the way, culture. I really, I don't get it. But in the church, you better get your pronouns right. One of our pronouns is you, and we mess it up. We go with, I mean, look, look, I'll show you right here. Look at this in verse 2. By this, what's the next word? You. Who's the you referring to? Tell me about your pronoun. Is that an individual you or a plural you? You can't tell in the English, can you? Go down to verse 4. Little children, you are from God. Individual or plural you? Tell me in, in the English, how do you know? You go down a little further, he who is in you. Is that singular or individual? Well, let me tell you, in the Greek, it makes a huge difference. The you in two and four on the front end are plural. So you do this testing, not you and you and you, yous, all of yous. <laughs> the you at the bottom referring to Jesus is a singular you. Here's the kicker. You individually ain't going to test the spirits particularly well. You can't do it. The Lord hasn't equipped you to do it on your own. Yous can do it because we have the equipping of the Lord to pull this off. Your pronoun is plural. Yous. That, that should be an English word. Micah, we need to work together on creating new English words, right? Yous <laughs> Christians is what this is implying. So how do we do this? Remember, there's, there's a flow going on in the book of 1 John. As we obey God's commandments, as we fight the desires of the flesh, the eyes, the pride of life, as we do all that we're called to, as we love one another, as God calls us to love one another, we are equipped corporately to individually worship God and not worship demons. But you got to live in fellowship, live in love, not just be nice, but love. Do you, do you ever say to someone, I'm thinking about doing this. Would you help me test the spirits? That's what this is like. I'm thinking about moving to fill in the blank. You would phrase it this way. I would like to know if this is from God or not. The devil creeps in. Why don't you just pray about it? The devil and Batman sound very much alike, I've determined. Who are you? I'm the devil. I mean, Batman. I'm trying to decide if I should move to this city and take this new job. Why don't you just pray about it? Well, what do I look for? You'll feel peace about it. Don't tell anyone about it. You pray. Okay. No, no, no. Somebody help me. How do I know if this is the will of God? I, this is of God. This is from the kingdom of God. It's, I got a solicitation in the mail. It says if I send this money the, that, 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 that I'm supporting kingdom work and, and, and I know this person and I like this person and I don't know what, what do I do about this? How do I know if this, is, if this is what God... Pray about it. You'll feel a sense of peace about it. Don't talk to anybody about it. Okay, okay. I really, I like this book. It makes me feel good. You know, when I read this, I, I, I feel closer to God. Or you ever get this one? When I listen to worship music, I feel so close to God. I, I don't even need the church. If I listen to worship music, I feel so close to God. That's wonderful. This must be of the Lord. Let me make it even more biblical, please. 
that fruit looks so good. Well, why don't you eat it? Well, because God said, don't. He said, don't eat that. Did he really? Well, yeah, he said, if you eat it, you're going to die. And you're not going to die. Really? No. Nope. And, and you know he doesn't want you to have it because he's holding back on you. Well, well what, you know, you, you might be right because look, look, how, look how good it looks. And, and go ahead, take a bite. Did you ever run into that? Well, what would happen if we lived our lives testing the spirits, a.k.a. living in fellowship with one another, a.k.a. not just being nice to one another, but truly loving one another. And you understand loving is not less than nice. Loving is truly nice. Loving, loving is helping one another identify what we're pursuing. Is it the desires of the flesh? Where in your life right now would you be comfortable, not out loud, saying, I am actively, joyfully, intentionally, and repetitively following the desires of the flesh. And I'm just loving it. <laughs> I mean, you know, where, where, you, you can't, you don't have that going on right now, do you? But are you aware that there are certain areas where you're following the desires of the flesh, life, pride of eyes, and you don't even know it? See, when you don't realize you don't know it, you have a big problem on your hands. But if you test the spirit, you'll come to see more and more over time. So you might turn from them to the joy God intends for you. Well, how do you test the spirit? You's got to pull this off together. Mix me in with the you's because I need the you's too. You know, we, 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 we get uncomfortable with it, though, because it's not my business. You know, loving one another is so stinking messy. What, what, do you, what do you do? Laura was cleaning out her phone. She was uh, sharing with me, we'll keep this very anonymous. Um, it was a text from Jerry. And I, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was not from Jerry at all. It was a text from way, way, way back that Laura got from someone who was um, letting her know they weren't going to be at the women's Bible study. Because, I'll give you the paraphrase, they had prayed about it and sensed the Lord calling them to a time of rest that evening rather than gathering with the women to study Scripture. Now, let's just chew on that for a moment. First, how is God telling you this? Batman voice? You deserve a break today. You worked so hard. Why don't you rest? You don't need the Bible. You need Netflix. I'm just asking, what do you do there? The Lord has called me to a time of rest this evening. All right, maybe he did. I just, how? Right? What do you do? Let's be honest. Work with me here. This is what you do. Nothing. Because if you say something, you don't know what's coming back at you. You do realize that. Very few people respond to a response to that text. Thank you so much. I didn't realize this was not of the Lord. I appreciate you telling me so much. Well, my wife lovingly, appropriately responded in a very nice way. Are you sure that's what God's calling you to? It doesn't sound like what God would be saying. And the response was absolute, utter silence. What it really is, is a desire of the flesh. I'm going to do this. 
and don't tell me what I can and can't do and leave me alone, and then you just pick up a couple days later like nothing happened. Now, as a one-off incident, not a huge deal, and, and you can move on from that, and I'm not talking about one-off incidents, I'm talking about a trajectory of life. Y'all, what do you do with that? Some of y'all were around for those Bible studies back in the day with this particular person. Maybe she's sitting here. I wouldn't do that to somebody who's sitting here. Now you're going, wait, now who's not sitting here? You know, just stick with me. I'm talking about you's and me's. If we're loving one another, what do you do? Do you really want to step into that mess? You know, it's, give you an example. Karen's not here. Karen's not here today, is she? I don't, don't say why. Not my business, right? Not your business. I'm sure she's fine. Other side. Is she even really saved? Like she missed a Sunday? Now, I know it's the first in about 16 years, but maybe, maybe, you know, if she was of us, she would be with us. Didn't it say that? What does it look like to love in these instances? How do you test the spirit? I'm not saying we're testing out the spirit. You know, Karen, are you following Batman or no? You build the relationship. Hey, I missed you today. Just checking in. As you build the relationship, you'll find out. Maybe she's sick. Maybe she's away. Maybe who knows? You find out. Encourage her in Christ. Let her know you notice her. But then that aspect down the road, you're building the relationships for testing the spirits. Because y'all, we're all following all sorts of crazy stuff without even knowing it. The world, the flesh, and the devil are inviting us in all sorts of strange ways and, and here's what john is after beloved don't you love how he starts this he doesn't start with you dumb fools <laughs> we've been through this stuff and if you read carefully john's saying the same stuff again and again and again love one another we'll get back to it in about a minute love one another we'll take a quick break love one and in fact here we just have Love for one another, verse 11 to 24. We have a quick break, and next week, God willing, when we gather, we go to verse 7, and we'll talk about love again. Side note, look in there, verse 7 down to 21. Circle the word love every time it shows up, and you have no more blank spaces. But John takes a brief interlude between the love calls to remind us of the importance of making sure that we're grounded on the truth of God. Do you understand how serious this is? The, the devil loves to offer Novocaine. Do you know leprosy? Do you know how leprosy kills people or killed people back in the day? I used to assume your like, limbs fell off. They don't. Leprosy is a nerve disease. If I'm wrong, Jerry, don't tell anybody. It'll make me look bad. Leprosy, I'm not making this up. It's a nerve disease. And so what happens is you lose feeling and, and then... If I have no feeling in my arms or no feeling in my feet, let's go back in time and say I'm sitting by the fire in the evening just trying to stay warm. I don't know my foot's in the fire until I smell it. I'm walking around, I can't feel, and I kick something, and I, can't, I get a cut, I get an infection, I lose a limb. The devil works through spiritual leprosy. If you just don't feel it, if you're not sensitive to the leading of the Lord, you won't know you got damaged till something's on fire. You're still saved, but you're stinky. John is saying, you're not going to have much joy in life if you're burning your limbs at the campfire. So pull them away from the fire and sit near the fire to be warm. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. Guys, be skeptical. 
you go to Barnes and Noble to the Christian section of the bookstore, let me tell you this, burn it down. Don't literally burn it down, right? But, but, but it ain't good. There might be a couple books in there that are semi-biblical, maybe even one or two that are biblical. The overwhelming majority of the stuff is from Batman. All right? Your best life now. No, no, no. It's best life to come. How to win friends and influence people. Mm, careful now. It, slow down. Be a little skeptical. You turn on the kind of Christian TV set. Turn it off. It's the safest way to do it. You might get some on there that's kind of biblical sometimes, but yeah, you can watch, right? But, but it's not a cult. You can do what you want, but you might want to ask somebody. You ever hear about this person? Are they biblical? You ever read this book? Is this meet the test of scripture? And, and you can do this on your own at times. Don't misunderstand me, but, but corporately. You know, I, I got a solicitation in the mail to send a check to blank. Well, how do you know? Does it meet the biblical te test? Is a ministry a biblical ministry? Is it fulfilling its call in a biblical way? Is it doing what God would call his people to do as a chosen vessel for what it does? Test the spirits. Don't be cynical. Don't be a jerk. But test the spirits. And by this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Every spirit that does not confess Jesus Christ is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Remember 1 John 2, he was talking about Antichrist. These were people in the church. Natasha is taking one out. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Colin, we love you, ma'am. The Antichrists were in the church. They, they were thought of as Christians. They, they lived an outwardly Christian life, but they weren't. And, and what he's getting after here is, don't look around the church and start going, well, you know, Jerry Keller, I'm not, I'm not so sure all of a sudden this testing the spirits thing. Maybe we should check out that Jerry Keller guy. Maybe he's just been faking it for a decade after. It's really not that complicated. But what it's saying is, what is of God conforms with the teaching of God. It sees Christ for who he is. So John had a problem with Gnosticism in his church. Remember we talked about that way back in the day, the, the thought that the, 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 the spiritual realm was good, the physical realm was bad, and Jesus wasn't really physical. And it creeps in all over the place. You'll get those teachings in different ways, but... Sound doctrine is what we are after. Little children, yous are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. What's, what's that talking about? It's a verse we can take out of context in, in a bunch of different ways. Here's what it's saying. Y'all are children of God born anew in Christ, assuming you're saved. You are dearly loved by God. As those born anew in Christ, you have the absolute capacity to identify truth from error as you live as God calls you to. You can do it. You have use, remember use, not you, get your pronouns right. Use have the ability to identify what is from God and what is not from God. But you must realize you live in the midst of a spiritual battle where the evil one will try to distract you from the reality of the need to test and lead you astray in all sorts of ways. And so you can see him in some of the false teachings that can creep into the church in many different ways. I prayed about it and felt a sense of peace about it. That's just not of God. 
There's nothing in Scripture that says if you pray about something, you'll know it's the will of God because you feel a sense of peace about it. In fact, Scripture says the exact opposite. It talks about the heart being wicked and deceitful above all things. You can't trust your feelings as a general tenor of Scripture. And so realize when you hear that, that is not of God. It's wrong to judge other people. It even says that in the Bible. It does. But it doesn't mean what you think it means. The devil's twisting that one on you. You can't love one another if you don't judge one another. I'll give you a simple example. If you ever have kids, had kids, and you hire a babysitter. Let's say some drunk middle-aged man comes in with a, with a big old English 40. I have a babysitter. Don't you be judging me. I sure hope you judge. You can't love your kids if you're not judging what you... you my friends, we, we can't love one another if we're not judging, not condemning, but examining our lives. You know, we're not supposed to be fruit checkers, kind of, but then if we're not checking fruit, how do you know who's saved? You will know them by their fruit. Now, I hope you feel the tension here because you can really screw this up. I'm not saying do you have enough fruit and do you have mature enough fruit. We talked last week about pinky tomatoes, right? There will be fruit, and we are able to affirm one another because we bear fruit. The fruit Jesus guarantees will bear, not the legalistic structure we're looking after, but look how often we go to, oh, they made a verbal profession of faith, they must be saved. But they show no evidence of how Careful. We're called to judge in a right way, not a wrong way. Test the spirits to land it. I'm praying that the Lord will reveal his will to me. Is that a teaching of God through Scripture or a teaching of the devil? Well, it's tricky. Trying to decide what I should do, so I'm going to pray about it. And that's all I'm going to do. And God is somehow going to let me know, yay or nay. Yeah, you ever, yeah. How does that work? And how does he let you know? Is there a place for prayer in Knowing the will of the Lord. Yeah, if you pray for wisdom, God talks about, you'll get wisdom. If you pray that the Lord would help you know his will, it, it kind of falls into the Lord's prayer, doesn't it? Thy will be done, thy kingdom come. But how the Lord reveals his will. How, how can a young man keep his way pure? By praying and praying and praying. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You want to know the will of God? Read the word of God. And pray that the Lord might give you an ability to understand his word rightly and behold wondrous truths from it. And, and the reason I'm going through these little silly nuances is because, guys, it is so easy to fall into the trap of not testing the teachings, the spirits, the things we're hearing to know whether they are from God or not. It is so difficult for yous, me's and that yous, to pull this off because, as Kim Thomas said, he quotes it, you'll end up invading one another's lives in strange ways and Listen, the worst part of my job pastorally, clear as day through and through, is whenever I have to step in to, to correct somebody in any sort of way. And I'm not talking about grievous sin, right? I'm not, I'm not talking about ca catching Jerry burning down the neighbor's house again and really just having to finally intervene. You know, these hay fires are getting out of control, aren't they? Yeah. It, it, it's, I hate it. I would love to just spend all my time saying to all of you, you are absolutely wonderful, I thoroughly enjoy you, and let's just sit down and laugh together. 
I would love to do that for, for the rest of my pastoral ministry. But I can't be loving you if I do that. But, but there's a balkiness in the back of every one of us, myself included, that just see something, don't say something. Because you, you don't want to get involved in that mess. Like, what happens if, let's say that Ricky go, go start, starts drifting this way after something he shouldn't be drifting after. Well, what, what happens if I come alongside and say, hey, brother, what's going on? What if, what if he responds, none of your business? But that's awkward, that's uncomfortable, that, that's potentially relationship damaging. It, it's just easier to just smile and pray for him. What happens if I start drifting that way? Pastors don't. You do understand pastors don't sin, right? We make no errors. We have no struggles, and we, we never sin in every way. So this wouldn't happen, but hypothetically, I hope you see I'm being facetious through and through. Would you really want to say something to me? How, what, what happens if I respond nasty? That could really mess up the whole church dynamic. I'll say, you shut your mouth. You address my sin. I'll run you out of this place in a heartbeat. And I'll make you look so bad on the way out, nobody will even know what happened. It's a possibility. I hope it's a minuscule possibility. But my friends, I need yous, and yous need me, to be a happy family. With a biblical teaching over... Anyway. (laughs) Understand, if we're looking at where this is coming from, right in the flow of John... For this is a message you have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Right? We went through that whole section. We know we've passed out of death into life because we love the brothers. Whoever does not love abides in death. Verse 24. Whoever keeps his commandments abides in God and God in him. And by this we know he abides in us by the spirit whom he has given us. We're talking about love. And now John says, by that very spirit, you are able to know truth from error. And we need one another to test the spirits to know what is from God and what is from the evil one. Why does it matter? We'll close here. It matters in in one sense because we're in desperate need of care and counsel. Who we listen to matters. Remember when you were a kid and you get the counsel of your friends and the counsel of your parents? Oh, come on, so-and-so is having a party. Be great, no one's going to be there. You're thinking, well, if I tell my parents so-and-so's having a party and no grown-ups are going to be there, they're going to say, you, were you crazy? So I'm going to spin that one a little bit. <laughs> Batman told me, well, tell them the parents will be home. It's not a total lie because at some point during the day they will have been home. And, and so you're, you're good. Who you listen to matters. You grew up and you learned most of the time your parents knew what was going on. My friends, who you listen to matters. I hope you're not taking advice from Pastor John. I really hope you don't take my advice. I hope the only thing you take from me is biblical counsel. Because what we need is to hear from God, to know how to walk in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. We are in desperate need of counsel, and we live in the middle of a spiritual battle where the devil is trying to counsel us in all sorts of wrong ways. So test the spirit. Number two, we forget that. We forget we live in a spiritual battle. When you woke up this morning, did you realize right off the bat you're in a combat zone? Right off the bat, you get out of bed, combat zone sets in, and it's such a smooth combat zone, you don't even notice it. You, you got the devil throwing darts, you got fleshliness. You, know, you, you ever wake up on a Sunday? Oh, 
this bed is comfortable. Listen, winter is coming. This will happen. This bed is comfortable and it's warm. I didn't sleep good last night. Then you got a spouse. Spouse, you want to see if they live stream? We could keep the TV off and just watch it that way. Yeah, not a bad idea. Text pastor or Laura. Not going to make it today. Pastor sitting there going, do I even ask why or just let it? If you don't realize you wake up in the middle of a spiritual battle, you got trouble. It's a reminder from John. One more, two more. We evidence our salvation through stewarding what God has entrusted to us to display his power and glory. As we test the spirits, God is glorified as we identify the spirit of God and walk in the will of God. The joy that is set before us, the the fellowship of the saints. You do realize personal holiness affects corporate holiness. When one of us becomes cast in sin or struggles to sin, we have the danger of infecting the whole body. Personal holiness matters. You, you watch a football game. If the left tackle just took a week off from practice, you're going to notice pretty quick the other 22 players are going to suffer, both sides of the ball. It is a team sport. It is a family endeavor. We need one another to steward the spiritual gifts entrusted to us. But per the letter that John's giving us, why does it matter? Because we were made for joy in Christ beyond measure. And the way we have joy in Christ is walking in the will of God as the people of God for the glory of God. His commandments are not burdensome. They're a joy and a delight, John will show us briefly. Why does it matter to test the spirits? Well, it matters to the glory of God. It matters for the sake of the lost. It matters even for the sake of the saints. But the point John is driving home, if you flip over to 5, And look quickly, as you do this, you have assurance of salvation. The Holy Spirit gives you an ability to enjoy this gift of assurance of salvation as we walk in the will of God, so that we might have the joy God intends for us. And I'll leave you with this as as we close. Wrestle with this stuff during the week, please. Wrestle with one another. Maybe we find a way to set up opportunities as a body or as as subsets of the body to dig into and converse over these things during the week. All right, functionally, guys, what does this look like on Tuesday to test the spirit? How do we slow down and pull this off? How do we mess it up? How do we do it well? How do we compensate for the mess ups along the way? Remember that whole thing about love one another? As I have loved you, by this they will know you're my disciples and the world will hate you. Well, What does that look like to love one another? And can we converse about this? Do y'all really want to love one another? Because here's the kicker. If you really don't want to be loved and love other people, that's a dangerous position to have in a church body because that can influence and infect the rest of us. But if you want to and you don't know how and you're scared to and you mess it up and you don't know it, welcome to the club. What about conversing and living alongside one another? How do we do this? What does this look like? And praising God for the so many ways that we do do this and praying that he would help guide us in these ways more fully for his glory. And so here's the beauty. The, the, the toe heel in service. To me, the saddest part of that was this person thinking that they were able to test the spirits by simply observing what happened and determining if they wanted it to be from God. That's that's not how this works, my friends. Test the spirits. 
realizing that the Spirit of God himself dwells in you. Did you chew on that for a minute? The Spirit of God himself dwells in you. You can do this. Yous can do this. Yous will do this. And as yous and me's and us's all do this, we will have abiding joy in Christ. God will be glorified and the world will see a spectacle put on display and think, who are these people? Perhaps they will hate us. That is not our choice. Perhaps they will ask us for a reason for the hope that is within us. We must be prepared to give that reason. But the greatest founding joy of all is that this leads us into increasing intimate fellowship with God. Test the spirits. Test the spirits. Test the spirits. Father, help us. Holy Spirit, we desperately need you to point us to truth. We are so easily distracted. We are so quick to forget. We think we are wiser than we really are. We fail to see the necessity of fighting to grow in intimacy with one another so we can be positioned not only to know one another, but to love one another as Christ has loved us. Lord, give us a willingness to allow people glimpses a bit more fully into our lives so they might help us examine our motives. They might help us to see where we pursue the desires of the flesh, the eyes, and the pride of life so that we might turn from those things and pursue what is rightfully ours in Christ the kingdom of God and your righteousness. Lord, protect us, for as we try to do this, the evil one will try to creep his way in to create division and dissension between us, to convince us that other people here don't really love us, but they want to do harm by us. We'll fall into protective shells. We'll, we'll fall further and further away from a willingness to expose ourselves to one another and feel a need to protect ourselves from one another. Lord, help us. Help us to go all the way back as we were praying this morning before service and rest in our identity in you. We are individually children of God, kids of the King, image bearers reconciled to God, having our image conform more fully to the image of our Savior day by day. But we are also part of God's family. We are gathered this morning in a sea of siblings, siblings that are eternally ours. And I pray, Lord, that we might live as the only truly functional family the world will ever see. A family where dysfunction is overcome through the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit, little by little, partly by which it happens as we test the spirits. Lord, help us to test with humility. Help us to test with love. Help us to test according to your word, the only true test. And help us to rest in the fact, Lord Jesus, that you are always true, that your way is always perfect and that you are wise through and through. Holy Spirit, give us opportunities to encourage one another with these truths this week, to talk about your word with one another so we might be pointing one another more fully to you and who we are in you. And I pray that we would rest well in you so we walk well with you.
In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.